Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May of 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. A roast as dark as the night. Perfect for fueling the cryptid research and mad ravings required for your podcasting. Don't mind the red eyes. He's just trying to warn you of the bridge. The bridge. Finally, from the caffeine-addled brains of spring Jack Coffee and last podcast on the left, we bring you Mothman's Red Eye Blend. Yes, delicious Panama beans. Go to lastpodcastmerch.com to order yours today. <laughs> Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel here with Henry Zabrowski. Yeah, it's me, man. Yeah, bro. Henry Zabrowski is smoking some of that sweet last podcast on the left, babe. Go out there and purchase yourself some. I hope you enjoy it. We have sativa, we have indica, and we have a hybrid. And I have to tell you, from my personal experience, they are wonderful. Super tasty live resin. You really get the delicious weedy taste, which is what I like. And three different experiences. You go to your local vape store and get it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you all so much for supporting the show. We absolutely love you. Can't wait to see you on the road and get that vape, put it in your brain and have a good time. And if you want us at your favorite weed store, give them a call and ask for them by name. Last podcast on the left. It's weed. Hail yourselves, everyone. Hail Satan. There's no place to escape to. This is the last podcast on the left. (laughs) That's when the cannibalism started. I want to come out up top of this Ooh, fantastic. No. No, I'm Whoa. still unfortunately straight. No, unfortunately, oh, I'm still 95% straight. Nah. 5% of me still needs to see boobies up top. All right. Fine. <laughs> but I'm going to come out and say at the top of this episode... I'm not for the murder of older women and old women. Fantastic. <laughs> but with the what one a thing brave stance. I know. I am very yeah. brave. But the yes. well, but I will say is the one thing that I think is unfair in this life hmm. is the one thing. The one thing <laughs> is how much blame is put on the big fat man for blowing up bathrooms. Sure. When I okay. think in a, in some, a dookie sense, yes, in a poopy yes. sense, uh-huh. poopy sense, not domestic terrorism. Okay. But I think that more old women need to be blamed yeah. for absolutely <laughs> shit housing. I, you know, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I agree with that. Women can dump too. I've been taking enough planes over the last few years to absolutely agree with you on that. A little old lady does more napalm like <laughs> damage to the atmosphere of a bathroom. I agree. Did any, did any, I mean, Kissel, not Kissel. 
Yeah. But any other big old, big <laughs> fat man, they roll. Yeah. I always roll my eyes when you see that guy get out of the fucking the airplane bathroom and you're like, what's this guy going to do? And most of the time I know for a fact it's just he had to sit down. It's, it's The seat is incredibly you have warm because he had to sit to pee. You and that's the only reason pee. why it's so hot. And it doesn't yeah. smell as bad in there. But a yeah. little old lady with her babushka, she rolls in there yep. and she's just filled with hate. God knows what. <laughs> yes, indeed. Side stories, LPOTL at gmail.com. If you're an old lady, let us know. How's it go? Welcome to the last podcast on the left, everyone. I am Ben hanging out with Marcus and hanging out with Henry. And I have to say, I agree. And I'm actually going to go one step further because oftentimes when it comes to the elderly lady, people will say, oh, don't curse. Say flark instead of fuck. Don't start because- with the flark on here. Don't bring the flark into this show. Because of Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes. But um, we all oh, know yeah. for a fact older women have seen and done some of the most heinous things that could ever be imagined. So I say curb your concern for the ears of the elderly woman because they have seen and done worse things than we could ever imagine as young Men. More 80-year-old women have sucked Nazis' dicks than any other group in the world. All right. Well, why are we talking about elderly women? Well, because they're dangerous, and that's who we're talking about today. One of those. No, they're, no, they're not dangerous. No, they're not dangerous at all. Well, She's you just, not an, she, this woman murders old women. Yeah. Well, old, but she old women is now are old. The, Old women are the victims in this story. Well, what the fuck are we even... I'm sorry, Flark, are we even doing here? Check out the new Guardians of the Galaxy game. They why need our we, help. Why are you them? Why are right. Today, we are on to a luchador killer. This story is going to be so cool. Juana Barraza. Yeah. Juana Barraza was a luchadora accused of murdering almost 50 women over the age of 60 in Mexico City between 2003 and 2006. While her lucha name was La Dama del Silencio, the Lady of Silence, her serial killer nickname was La Mataviejitas, the killer of old ladies. It's not just COVID anymore. No, it's not. <laughs> it's also, that's pretty on the nose, the killer of it old is. ladies. I it feel is. like it they could have gotten a little bit more creative, like no, the I- crustacean monster. As we go through uh, many of the ser- the nicknames that Mexican serial killers get, it, they're very literal. Well, it mm. seems that they, they keep it short it's to the point. You know what I mean? Kill old ladies. And it's more. <laughs> well, why is she doing all that? Because in Spanish, it sounds so much more exotic. Yeah, La Mata Viejita. La Mata the killer of old ladies. Yeah, that's different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah. It's like yeah, the killer of Barb's cousin. Oh. <laughs> Well, amazingly, the investigation spurred by the old lady killings was the first ever carried out in Mexico as the murders were happening. Oh. In two thousand three. Yeah, it's just <laughs> there's a lot of I guess police they- work. Alternative police work in this story that maybe it's just because we don't spend a lot of time in Mexico that I'm not really aware of the different, let's say, tactics that they use. I guess so. Didn't they get murder she wrote down there? Because I'll tell you, Angela Lansbury, she's been uncovering cases against the elderly for a long time. It's true. And that that show holds up, by the way. It's on Peacock. It is. She's the next to die, by the way. Is she alive? Yes. Yes, she's still alive. Oh, good for her. Wow. Well, I mean, the reason why this got so much attention and the reason why it got an investigation, the victims were all solitary, vulnerable abuelitas. See, while we talk a lot about the less dead here in America, you know, sex workers, gay men and the like, young female murder victims in Mexico are less than less dead, particularly if they have darker skin. 
Hmm. But while the most dead victim in America is a little white girl, the most dead victim in Mexico seems to be the abuelita, oh. because the abuelita is the most revered and respected member of Mexican society. They like their old people there. That's nice. <laughs> we actually, I mean, our I old- mean, we just shuffle them off to die. We just yeah. we put them in a room and we basically we we let them. We let them fuck for yeah. free. You know what I mean? They all fuck for free. They get a golf cart if they're in Florida. I just feel and like... And then we just kind of let them go. It's a different yeah. culture for the abuelita. See, si. Because the thing is, I feel like they harness wisdom. I was yeah. just in Florida. We all were. And I hung out with some older people. You were forced o- to be there, yeah. Over 60, maybe and around 70. And they were 70. all wrong. Everybody I met in Florida that was over over 30 was incorrect. Well, they're children still. <laughs> but like, I, And they're just like, hey, what do you want to say, grandma? They're like... You are not JFK Jr. And you're like, where's the wisdom? <laughs> I don't know. But I feel like in, in Spanish culture, the elderly woman still harnesses wisdom and she can help you go through life as opposed to now where we have to actively reject the older generation because they're so wrong. You don't think they don't yeah. have que economy What does that mean? Q-an- down there? I don't know how to say it. Que economiso? I don't fucking know. Fantastic. Well, to put these less dead statistics into perspective, 4,370 women were killed in and around Mexico City between 1993 and 2004, and none of those murders were seriously investigated. Dang. But when abuelitas started dying violently en masse, the first serial killer task force in Mexican history was formed to solve the case. Damn. I guess Mexico never had a serial killer before. Uh, Well, we're going to get into that. (laughs) Well, according to author Susana Vargas Cervantes, one of the big reasons why Mexican authorities are reticent to attribute murders to serial killers is because serial killing is seen as an American problem that stems from our individualism and our lack of strong family bonds. But don't they understand how good we are at exporting our problems? Yeah, that's really and how we can just deliver our problems straight to you. We export yeah. culture, whether it be Coca-Cola or serial killing. Yep. It's a mixed bag. It's a mixed yeah. bag. Yeah. Well, Susanna Vargas, by the way, wrote one of our two sources today. Her book was called The Little Old Lady Killer. It's quite scant on details concerning Juana Barraza, but it's fascinating for its commentary on how serial killing is treated in Mexico. Well, fascinating. Now, it's hard to wrap your head around the statement that serial killing is an American problem when you consider the level of public violence that has stemmed from cartel murders in Mexico for so many decades. But that's just business. That's just yeah, business. I mean, I mean, about the closest I can come to addressing this disconnect is exactly that. I mean, yeah. cartel murders might be looked at as having a reason behind them no matter how hollow and evil that reason might be. Yes, they are t- attempting to replace their own government, essentially. Yeah. Like, cartels are, act as their own little dictatorships, that they, and then they say, oh, but we also help the neighborhood and we hire people, but also we just, like, we, we will make a pyramid of heads on mm. Wednesday. Yeah. yeah. Apparently the, uh, the, the gang that has replaced El Chapo, much more nice, much nicer, apparently. Oh, that's the Omicron cartel. <laughs> I guess that's what they say. Everyone gets it, but it's not as bad. Well, serial killing, on the other hand, is murder for murder's sake, without any discernible purpose. It's seen as what's known as an anime, a breakdown of values, common in the U.S., uncommon in Mexico, or so the belief goes. But Mexico, like everyone who says it can't happen here, 
they're wrong in their mm. claim that serial killing is solely an American problem. Unless they're asking for an NBA team. <laughs> <laughs> Mexico has just as many serial killers as everywhere else. Quite possibly just as many per capita as we've had in America. I feel like serial killing is a human problem. And maybe yeah. that's just because I don't see race. <laughs> <laughs> the human race. Very nice. Well, as we mentioned in the Andre Chikatilo chapter of our book, it might be possible that America appears to have more serial killers because we catch them at a higher rate. Mm. And then, perhaps more importantly, we make our serial killers world famous after we capture them. We're sort of in love with them. And then there's yeah. an entire industry that also makes money next to them. Yeah, that's and disgusting. It's disgusting. That's disgusting. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's, we, no, there are part of the American... Like it's this idea of like it's a character in America is the serial killer. We'll like if you put yeah. a bunch of them all together, you got the QAnon shaman, you got the fucking, <laughs> you got a serial killer. killer, you got Jeffrey Dahmer with the glasses on, you got George mm. Washington. They're all the same. God, I would have loved to see Dahmer on January sixth, just sucking on Harry Reid's leg or R.I.P. Mitch McConnell's thigh. Just <laughs> <laughs> As far as Mexican serial killers go, they've had some pretty interesting cases over the years, going all the way back to the 19th century. Hmm. At the same time that Jack the Ripper was murdering his way through Whitechapel, a man named Francisco Guerrero Perez, a.k.a. El Chalequiero, was in the middle of murdering 20 sex workers Ooh. in Mexico City between 1880 and 1888. It's not like he went onto an internet forum and got the idea for it. You know what I mean? No. Like, this is in the right. 1880s. So he's like, he had this idea independently, parallel thinking. Yes. Yeah. What does his name mean, Marcus? Uh, it means, Chalequiero is, uh, it is basically the rapist. Mm. Um, ah, don't like pretty that straightforward. Great. Yeah. <laughs> don't like that it's like that's a, a one of those. That's like, one of those in the advent calendar where I say, "Oh, be healthy today." Close that one, mm. and I say, "Oh, tomorrow, <laughs> eat chocolate." Yay! Mm. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, I think it means. Uh, from what I saw, I think it means like to be forceful, like forcing yourself. The man who forces. Okay. Uh, in the '40s, Mexico had Gregorio Cardenas Hernandez, mm. aka the Strangler of Tacuba. Ooh. Also in Mexico City, Hernandez, or Goyo as he was called, he murdered four women and buried them in his garden after his wife told everyone that he regularly wet the bed. Does everything have to be content? Can't we just let a private moment exist between husband and wife? Well, I don't Esposa know. to esposa. You mean to tell me I have to come in here and no, no whole the world has to know about my wet pants? Well, we didn't have to know, but it was all the murders, mm. and then that brought attention to it. Ah. So now we're kind of making fun of you for it. Yeah, I should have just... Should have not done that. Suck that up, huh? Diapy. Maybe we're a diapy. Or drink. don't drink two hours before you go to bed. It's mm -hmm. difficult if you wet your pants as an adult. It's a psychological problem. It is a psychological yeah. problem. Well, interestingly, Goyo was pardoned in 1976 and gave a speech in Mexican Congress where he was celebrated as a heroic case of rehabilitation. I just oh. want to say thank you guys so much for giving me a shot. As you can see, as I stand here next to the podium. Yeah. Dry. Dry. No piss whatsoever. <laughs> don't gotta kill thing. again, huh? Never. Don't again. gotta kill again. That's great. But I don't wanna don't even look at the back of my pants. Oh, I see. He tucked it. He's pissing behind the butt. Interesting way. Well, Interesting maneuver. Well, not long after that, Goyo met director. Alejandro Jodorowsky Ooh. in a backstreet Mexican bar by chance. And through that meeting, Jodorowsky made the movie 
Santa Sangre. Are based you kidding loosely me? on Goya's life. That's incredible. Have Goyo. You ever, have you ever Go, seen... Goy, Goyo's life, not Goya. Goya's a totally different He's the painter thing. and the bean yeah. guy. Oh. Yeah. And then, um, <laughs> but Santa Sangre, have you seen that movie? I never have. That movie's so fucking good. It's cool. full of blood. Yeah, dude. It's full of blood. A lot of little people get massacred. Yeah, it's He's got called that fucking... Saint Blood. It's it is. It makes you feel dirty. Yeah, it's I've a, seen that yeah. movie, yeah. Let's move on more serial killers. There's a lot of them here. It's, oh, hard, to be, it's hard to be a member of the Carnival. Yeah. It is yeah. the Carnival. In 2007, a man nicknamed El Poeta Carnival. Can you guess what that one means? The Poet Cannibal. The yes, cannibal the poet, cannibal poet. Woo! Yeah, he was found cooking and eating his girlfriend's remains in his apartment. Mm-hmm. When they walked into the apartment, he's sitting there with a fucking fork and knife in his girlfriend's thigh. How was the, how was the poetry? <laughs> she was victim number six. Uh, yes, all... I like to recite my first poem. Yum, yum. Give me some. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> and all of those women have been lured to the cannibal poet's apartment by poems and roses. Don't get love bomb, girls. Whoa. Yeah. Really? In 2012, a bus driver named Caesar Labrado was convicted of raping and killing seven young Mestiza women who were unlucky enough to ride his route alone at night. Ugh. He was nicknamed El Coqueto, which translates roughly as The Flirt. Pepe Le Pew. The flirt. That's what this is. That's the Pepe that's a, Le Pew murder. If we want to really get into some good nicknames. Gerard Depardieu is Le Flirt. No, he is Le Squirt. <laughs> he fucking pissed all over an airplane. Oh, <laughs> this, yeah. this guy is I just is don't just, know if the flirt is a pro. It seems a little no, bit too flirt, romantic. The flirt's... Than, uh, yeah, it's it's a little romantic for a bus driver rapist. Yeah, yeah. Unless he was hilarious, I don't think he was. <laughs> he could have been very charming. Bus you don't drivers know. are not they by nature don't speak. That's not true. I've had some charming bus drivers in the past. Mm. They can be fun. A lot of times they're they're not they're not here for no nonsense because yeah, they got to keep the schedule. They do have to keep the schedule. Yeah, and they hate mm. wheelchairs. Well, it's they it's hard. But God, thank, but thank God for for the wheelchair bound and also for the buses that allow them to board. Are you running for Senate? No. <laughs> well, even on the day that Juana Barraza was arrested for killing old ladies, another serial killer named El Mata Gaze or the killer of gays oh was arrested for murdering and dismembering four gay men. El Matagays, however, maintained he wasn't gay himself. Never. No, no way. <laughs> no way. No way. Well, bro, it just seems like you think about gay people all the time and then you have so much I aggression. I just suck their dicks to make them hard to make sure I knew they were gay. You think maybe you're like trying to kill them because you think that if you kill all the gay people, then maybe the gayness inside of you will die. And then so you're trying to kill yourself almost. Have you thought about that, bro? Yeah, you're gay, dude. Let's kiss. Well, this guy claimed to be doing society a favor by luring gay men from bars, then torturing and hanging them. Uh. He even carved a star into the forehead of one victim for reasons unknown. He even made a business of it. He kidnapped some gay men for ransom. Others, he'd just kill them. Was catch and release Jeez. like their sports fish? This is he, yeah, he would catch him. He would try, get all of the family. Hey, ten thousand pesos, you know, or ten thousand dollars—the equivalent of ten thousand uh, dollars—and I'll give you your family member back. All right, but, fine. All right, fine. Here it is. <laughs> all right, whatever. Here it is. Can I? It's uh, it's Black Friday. Can I get twenty-five percent off this? <laughs> no, actually, can we get them on Cyber Monday? <laughs> if you actually deliver them, that'd be great. But as I said, none of those serial killers were investigated 
as serial killers. And even El Matagues was not called a serial killer even after he confessed, despite the fact that he exhibited textbook missionary serial killer behavior. They just didn't want to see it as a serial killing problem. They don't yeah. they just were basically saying no matter what, like they will convict these people of multiple murders, right? Of course, like, yeah. But, yeah, but so not so calling just, them serial killers. They're not investigating not and not saying we have a serial killer. We need to investigate this. There's obviously the same guy that's killed all of these men. We need to try to catch him before he kills again. So there's plenty of serial killers. But they won't there's say the words serial killer very often. So they're often. just changing the verbiage. It's like the Vietnam conflict. That's what you do. It looked like a war. Yeah. It was a war, but it was just an action. Uh, yeah. I mean, according to, to Suzanne uh, Vargas, when what I read in her book, like it's not it's not just that they're not calling them serial killers is that they're not investigating a serial yeah. killer. They're not really investigating these murders at all. Um, not that they never investigate any murders, but, you know, if it's if it's someone who's, you know, a young indigenous girl. Um, no, they're not. They get, get, they're not going to spend a single fucking second on it. You know what they need in Mexico? More yarn. Because then you can connect the dots. Oh, you need to yarn it. Yarn thing. Go into the cardigan on. He's yarn. been saying honestly, he's been harvesting yarn. I don't even know yeah. how he's making it. He said he's making. I think he's making it from his fucking body. Don't go to his house and use a blanket. No, you don't. Unless you want to get all flark and dirty. I don't want to hear the word anymore. Well, that lack of investigation changed with the old lady killer, known in the beginning as El Mataviejitas, oh. because police believed for years that the killer was a brilliant, pathological, sexually perverted man wearing a wig and makeup to look like a woman. Jerry Brudos? Yeah, you know it what has mean? happened. Like, it, it does happen. It has happened. But the yeah. thing is, is they, they were wrong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's just kind of embarrassing. Yeah, they were just incorrect. Yeah. Now, homicides of elderly women have been steadily increasing in Mexico City since the late 90s. But in 2003, the numbers skyrocketed. That year, 17 elderly women were murdered by asphyxiation, with Jeez. objects ranging from tights and belts to cables and stethoscopes. Very similar to the Boston Strangler, like the idea mm -hmm. of using what's available, mm -hmm. uh, whatever there. It's yeah. impulse murders. Obviously, it's impulse because these are not somebody who's like... Maybe not necessarily scouting some people out. The one thing I will say about abuelitas is that maybe there is some mind, the idea of uh, a lot of these are uh, done for quote unquote practical reasons in terms of mm -hmm. like murders for money. And then I wonder if it's a lot to do. Do they think that abuelitas have more cash on hand that mm -hmm. they have that type of thing? They're easy victim. There's somebody that you can physically yeah, overpower very easily vulnerable that's yes. the, that was the biggest reason why and that's what pissed people off the most because they are extremely vulnerable members yeah. of society these are all women that are living alone these are like widows right um and so this, they that's why the investigation came out and okay. because and also one of the old ladies killed was the uh grandmother of a criminologist who worked at the mexico city police department so nepotism that tends to, you know also helps yeah <laughs> yes i guess that's nepotism well, eventually, police released an M.O. saying that the killer dressed as a nurse representing a government program called Civale. This designation was significant politically because Civale was a contested Social Security program. And the killer had, up to a point, only killed old women registered with Civale. 
Hmm. Now, it sounds like it would be someone who had access to this program. Yeah. Right? It sure as fuck does. Or it sounds like one of those, in my mind, this goes into, like, from hell territory, where, Mm -hmm. like, conspiratorially in my mind, it's like someone from the government is killing old women to stop the social programs. Like they're doing it to stop the, the just the them spending money on the program. Well, they usually yeah. just stop them. They do, yeah. <laughs> to be they fair. Now, as the official story goes, Juana Barraza, who is known throughout Mexico as the old lady killer. She was finally arrested after she was seen fleeing a crime scene in which an 82-year-old woman named Ana Maria Reyes had been strangled with a stethoscope. Reyes owned the building and a renter said that he'd come home to find his landlady strangled and dead on the floor with blood pouring out of her nose. Dang. The renter allegedly said that he saw Barraza walking out of Ana Maria Reyes's apartment, and when he called for help, Barraza took off running and was quickly arrested by two nearby cops. Oh, this is where you turn it and you say, "Oh, you needed help," and then you look at the corpse. She's like, "Whoa, oh, she must have shot herself. She shot herself. Save this woman." Whoa! And then doing CPR on her, oh, like, yeah. "Save this woman," moving her legs in and out to get the oxygen back into her lungs. Fake it till you make it. The next day, authorities closed the books on El Mataviejitas, now La Mataviejitas, and the investigation ended forever. You know that that was a big day when they went up to the whiteboard and went, (laughs) La. And everyone's just like, oh shit, she's got tits. This announcement, however, caught the attention of the Mexican public in ways beyond simple true crime curiosity. I mean, this is the whole package. Yeah, this is the whole package. As I said, in addition to being a serial killer, Juana Barraza was also a lucha libre wrestler who performed under the name La Dama del Silencio, or the Lady of Silence. And that just gave this story the extra fucking oomph that it needed. People people were more interested in this. God damn it. Because I think the Lady of Silence has been here. Oh, you're talking about farts. This farts. is a fart. This is an it's SVD a joke, is what you've done. Ah, flark. I hate, I don't like what the Guardians of the Galaxy game is doing to him. It's doing to his sense of humor. It's degrading it. Now, La Dama del Silencio was a minor figure in the Lucha Libre scene, to be sure. She was never big enough to make it to any televised matches. Oh. But the fact that she was a Ruda was highly significant to the public. Because you've got the picture of her, too, right? Like uh, like the picture of her in full regalia is She's awesome. She's yeah. dude. Yeah. Basically, the Ruda is the Mexican equivalent of the heel, a wrestler who ignores the rules and proper technique specifically because they're the villains. Yeah, they're mean. But they use yeah. proper technique as well. Yeah, I know. Not it's all like, it's in a part of Lucha it. Libre. Lucha Libre, very yeah. exciting. If you haven't watched Lucha, watch Lucha. No, I got to watch a bunch of Lucha last if you night. Were a ro- you could pull off the Lucha. You got to wear the mask. I can't do the tumbling. Yes, that's the hard part. Yeah. Well, you got the root on one side. The other side, you have El Tecnico, <gasps> the face. So named because they are highly trained and they always follow the rules. Strong family bonds. That's yeah. what I saw. That was one thing it said. El Tecnico is strong family bonds. Okay, cool. He's there for the he's there for the fans and the glory of wrestling and glory of wrestling alone. Lucha Libre, which means free fighting. I love it. Yeah. Now, this being Lucha Libre, 
Barraza's wrestling outfit was suitably ostentatious. She wore a bright pink suit similar to a Power Ranger outfit <laughs> with silver details on the legs and shoulders, pink and silver knee-high boots, Ooh. and this fucking awesome pink and silver butterfly mask. There's something about the pink and silver butterfly mask being on a victim on being on a villain is such a fun idea. It's like cool. the idea of like a technicolor villain. Yeah, she looked both terrifying and ridiculous. She's I mean, tall. It's, fucking perfect for lucha libre that's wrestling and she was tall i mean especially for a mexican woman she was five foot nine and she had an athletic masculine physique oh yes she was strong but Mm -hmm. but she was named the lady of silence because she said it reflected her truly shy nature oh interesting that's the thing with being a good professional wrestler it does have to be an extension of yourself if you if you are if you are truly the truly good ones they find themselves and your your style match your character in some Mm -hmm. ways yes However, Juana Barraza's wrestling background actually worked against her. <gasps> Juana's status as what? a Ruda was deemed by some in the Mexican media and some Mexican criminologists as evidence that she lacked morality. Dude, this, oh, is, when, this is when fandom goes too far. This is when this idea that like, <laughs> she's, a, well, she's a villain. Sometimes well, it's like saying Emma Stone's a serial rapist. was well, like, well, look what, what she we... did to those Dalmatians. Oh, I see. Look <laughs> at what she did to those Dalmatians. Well, I still don't think that would be applicable even given Corella's horrible record with dogs, but I that's mean, okay. And they made her like a, a girl boss. So to yeah. some degree, though, you know, actions become reality. And you look at some heels, they do things. You look at the Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels feud of the late 90s, where Shawn Michaels like put the uh, Canadian flag in his nose. And, and he like, like, oh, he, he, like butt flossed with it. Like, People are oh, about to riot because of that shit. So there is a truth to it also. There's a, what do you mean there's a truth to people it? Were, real. No, people were, no, no, people were legitimately upset with Shawn Michaels. They would yes. have killed him if Shawn, he would have gone into the crowd in Canada. But Shawn Michaels I mean, in a Canadian a, was way. just a normal man, you'd assume. Normally, he's just a man who's a wrestler. He's a wrestler man. He was very mean in real life. But, I, but sure, then he found I mean, God. I, I just mean, <laughs> like, in real life, he wasn't the heartbreak kid. He was just he a man. He was. I just mean. <laughs> he was living the gimmick. All wrestlers are just guys. You're not actually going to superhero. Ric Flair lived the gimmick. This woman yeah. obviously lived the gimmick. No, she will. Yes, she's no. a murderer. You're correct, but not because I. Or is she? We've lost him. <laughs> I'm just saying. Fiction is not crazier than reality. It's true. And furthermore, those same media figures and criminologists said that Juana Barraza's masculine physique was, quote, proof of her innate criminality like they were using some form of fucking muscular phrenology in the year 2006 2006 remember that (laughs) all of this happens in 2006 that's one year before the smartphone yes (laughs) but these spurious claims bring up an interesting question while Juana Barraza is seen in Mexico as the definitive old lady killer no question about it the case overall looked at with fresh eyes raises some interesting questions. Questions. Now, I've never had any doubt whatsoever in the guilt of any serial killer we've ever covered these last 11-some-odd years. Wow. Really? Yep. I sometimes, Henry Lee Lucas, I actually now, you wonder, but, you know, we'll get back. We'll talk about that. I think Ed Gein, you also sort of Ed Gein is a killer. He just did, he just was more creative. Yeah, Ed Gein's a killer. I mean, I don't believe all of, like, Pee Wee Gaskin's claims. No, he didn't Uh, have sex with that baby in the car. Oh, God. Yeah, but what I mean I don't know why he bragged about it. Well, maybe he did it then. (laughs) I mean, more, more what I mean is I have never believed a serial killer when he said, 
I was framed sure, and Chris. I never yes. killed anyone. Because there's so many books, right? Charles Manson in his own words, which honestly, mm-hmm. I still feel like had a lot of truth in it. But it did. again, Final truth. it's about, let's look at the gestalt. Let's look at the whole thing. Let's look yeah, at all. Let's, let's kind of see what all, how it all lines up. All and right. that's the thing. After looking at all of the information available on the Juana Barraza case, it's quite possible that while she definitely killed one old lady, she may have been just the patsy the Mexican authorities needed to close the book on the Mataviejitas heat this killings. And I want to t- stipulate this for our Mexican listeners or anybody who's aware of this case. They're probably screaming like, she's guilty! Because right, I feel like it's <laughs> well, one of those She at least killed cases. one, I guess. Yeah, she definitely killed somebody. And I feel yeah. like... Again, what what we now what we do we know about the truth, right? You have one person's perspective on one side, you got one person's perspective on the other side. You got Juan Abraz's perspective, you got the police's perspective. Everybody, it's a consensus reality. So I do believe that the truth is probably somewhere in the middle mm-hmm. that we don't know what it is. But before you start screaming, she's guilty, she's guilty. We're going to go through some of this stuff. This is our opinion here about yeah, whether or not she's innocent. And, you know, and we're waiting here like like n- newborns being thrown into the pool. Fantastic. Which can swim and uh, their lungs actually close up. Their throat closes up so they can actually breathe underwater for a little while like fish. You're a monster. That's true. <laughs> You're a fucking monster. You sound like an ogre when you talk about how cow kids can, can. Breathe, can breathe in a river. All right. Well, interesting. So we'll live in the gray. We'll live yeah, in the yeah. perineum. Well, just recently, in 2019, Juana Barraza allegedly gave a long, extensive interview detailing her life to an anonymous author who published the transcript in a low-profile, online-only book that seems to have been entirely ignored by the Mexican media. Sure. Mm -hmm. Now, we've had plenty of so-called tell-all books from serial killers claiming that they were set up by the police. You know, Robert Picton even released a fucking book (laughs) proclaiming his innocence in the face of mountains of forensic evidence and eyewitness reports. But he also was like a rambling moron and his book reads as such. Yeah. Well, the difference here is that the evidence linking Juana Barraza to the old lady killings is suspect. Especially when it's coupled with various holes in the case that is put forth by Mexican authorities. Hmm. To be fair, Juana's narrative also has a fair amount of holes, but when you look at all the information available, the Mexican authorities had a stronger motive to pin the murders on Juana than Juana had to commit the murders. Hmm. And Marcus does a good job later on. Dogmeat's going to walk us through kind of like what appears to be sus and what doesn't. And I think you do a good job of weaving this idea that like, who Thank knows? You. We're just casting. Yes, we're, we're asking questions. Yeah. Questions. I mean, and that is. If the transcript we used is true. Seeing as how we don't know much about this book, we can't say with 100% certainty that it is the truth. And it might just be an extremely elaborate hoax perpetrated by an anonymous internet troll. Who knows? We should do an episode on it. (laughs) We really should. (laughs) But this book, published only in Spanish was translated by my wife and co-host on No Dogs in Space, Carolina Hidalgo. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, well, yeah nice we plug. Got it, but yeah. yeah, she's going to kiss yeah. you tonight. Yeah. yeah she got a plug. She's going to kiss you. tonight. Yeah. And she says <laughs> that after watching interviews with Juana Barraza, the cadence and language used in the transcript is remarkably similar to how Juana talks on camera. So okay. if this is a forgery... It is an exceedingly well-done forgery. Sure. And Carolina also wanted me to make sure and tell everyone that she could not corroborate 
any of the claims made in the book at all. Because even looking in Spanish, like, you know, she's fluent in Spanish. She looked for as many sources as she could find on the Juana Barraza case. There's really not that much. No, there Weird. isn't. I was, like, I was digging in. Even in was, Spanish, there's not that much. There really hmm. isn't. I was trying to also find more information on whether or not it was a question as to whether or not it was a hoax or whether or not she was a patsy. And there is really none. Like, Because yeah. no one is taking... It seems that... When this came out, no one took it seriously, especially in Mexico. But I don't know if it's because we don't want to get rid of this conviction. Like, we don't want to get rid of the old lady killer. Like, we we wrapped it up and we don't want to open up these cases again. Or is it because Juana Barraza is a notorious fucking career criminal and nobody wants to agree with him right like so i don't know like it's this it's this hazy world i mm-hmm. mean i don't know all i know is these women you get past 80 90 they just start dying <laughs> and it's like i thought we put this bitch in prison <laughs> the thing is that even if the book happens to be a hoax of some kind it's still a hell of a story that lines up with what we know about juana's life and if it turns out that this is Juana's words and Juana is lying about the murders, it still fills out some details on what is absolutely a tragic but fascinating life. Okay. Seriously, someone needs to make the story of Juana Barraza. I know that there has been some Lucha attempts. Libre. But like the story of her, Juana Barraza, like this is an Oscar movie. Yeah, like there, there's, are, there's an Oscar movie. Well, in what this. beautiful superstar are they going to make look like a Salma normal? Hayek just fucking load <laughs> right. her up. That's the problem. Is that like, are you going to cast one of No, that's the thing. <laughs> well, additionally, there are a lot of inconsistencies in the investigation, even outside of this book. So, and in fact, the inconsistencies that I'm going to go through later were barely mentioned in the book. Mm. And I will also say the traditional media sources here, it's a huge fucking mess. Every source that I read, can't the sources can't even agree on how many murders there were. They can't even even agree on how many convictions Juana Barraza had. Is it 10? Is it 16? I don't know. Isn't there a court record that says the number? It's all over the place. It's all over the place. But what I like is... Everything's all over the place. Waiting right into this topic for last podcast on the left, because number one, the central character is just so compelling. Like, Juana Barraza is such an interesting person. That, like... Let's see. Let's see what we dig up. All right. Yeah, let's get into the life story of Juana Barraza, as told by what we're reasonably sure is Juana herself in the book, Medicine La Mata Viejitas, La Verdadera Historia de Juana Barraza Samperio. Translated, they call me the old lady killer. The true history of Juana Barraza. My name's Juana, all right? I'm sick and tired of being blamed for all this carnage, right? You know, you want to talk to somebody, you talk to the Reaper. That's who's doing all these murders. Yeah, it definitely doesn't seem like it would have been written by a, by a gal there, but interesting. Yeah. Oh boy, Texas Pete is a sauce and allows you to sauce like you mean it. It's what people gather around, it's generosity in its simplest form, and it's a swagger people have who know what's good. Each Texas peat hot sauce is packed with bold, balanced flavor. This signature tanginess is what makes it a legendary hot sauce that can be used on just about anything. It's been at the center of dinner table since 1929 and is still heating things up today. You're definitely going to want to try 
every flavor. The original hot sauce has a famous secret blend of fermented peppers. The hotter hot sauce is three times hotter than the original, and not for the faint of heart. Sabor by Texas Pete adds authentic Mexican flavor, and their dust-dry seasoning matches the flavor of the original hot sauce in a flavorful dry rub. Tell you what, the other day I was having myself a good old refried bean burrito, and I wanted a little bit of kick to my morning, so I got myself some cha Texas Pete sriracha sauce, and I smothered those refried beans and that cheese and them eggs and a whole bunch of cha and it started off my day correct. Texas Pete, sauce like you mean it. Visit TexasPete.com and use the store locator to find Texas Pete products as well as purchase sauces and get recipe inspiration. And use the promo code PODCAST24 for 20% off at TexasPete.com. My sister is the best gift giver I've ever met of any person. It's Jackie Zabrowski. She shops all year thinking about her family and friends and puts little things aside for their birthdays and Christmases. I have no idea how she does it. I don't know how she do it, but guess what? She always wins Mother's Day, but not this year. I'm coming back. Ready to win Mother's Day and cement your reputation as the best gift giver in the family? I'm taking the crown. All right, give the moms in your life an Aura digital picture frame preloaded with decades of family photos. I mean this. We have the Aura frame up in my home. We absolutely love it. I can put photos on it very, very easily through the app. It's fun to do. And the memories keep cycling and I get emotional. And we filled it with pictures of Carmi and Wendy. And that is not sad. That is celebratory. So you should try it. It's honestly a really good product. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code LEFT at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Finding work-life balance can be tough, but Squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. With the new guided design system, Squarespace Blueprint, you can select from curated layout and styling options to create a personalized website optimized for every device. Get your website discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools. Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. And with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about, choose your tone, enter what you need, and get auto-generated text. And that helps you save time. I know I'm sitting on about two literal wheelbarrows filled with horse pics. Now, part of the issue has been is a lot of these pictures are getting stopped at customs because some of them do depict various world leaders in horse-like circumstances that seems to be pinging a lot of these custom agents' accounts. Now, so what I've done to do is like, so while I'm trying to work on hand smuggling these horse pics over various country borders, I then also have time because Squarespace is doing all the other ad work for me to go and work on my killdozer at home. So thank you, Squarespace, for allowing me to diversify in the best way possible for this country. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial when you're ready to launch. Go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Now, one thing to say about Juana Barraza right up top is that she is 
terrible with dates, numbers, and ages, to the point where she doesn't even seem to have a full grasp on when she herself was born. Fucking age is just a number. It's all about how you feel. Yeah, but it's a crucial number to understand when you're probably going to die. There are some dates that are really important. There are. I mean, Juana was completely and totally uneducated. She couldn't read. She couldn't write anything beyond her own name. And as a result, the narrative can be a little muddled here. Hmm. So Juana Barraza had an absolutely awful childhood. One of 32 children sired by a man named Trinidad in the state of Hidalgo in Mexico. Yeah, I think if your name is Trinidad, you have to legally change it if you don't have at least 15 children. Oh my, (laughs) 32 freaking kids with one woman? It's easy. No, No. with many, many, many women. No, no, no. He was a truck driver. Oh, he was a truck driver. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Truck lover. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Wow. Well, Juana never actually met her biological father, but it's quite possible that he would have been better than her mother, Justa. Justa was a teenage sex worker who had Juana when she was 18, her second child. And eventually, the small family moved in with a married man named Refugio Sampirio. That's terrible. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that's a hard conversation to broach with your wife. Be like, honey. Listen, okay, okay, listen, we're just going to cut to the chase yeah. here, right? It's Wednesday, I'm busy, this is a prostitute that I have had a child with, she's moving into she's the She's going to move room. in here? All right, I, yeah, I know, We're listen, just going to do that? We're just going to kick this can, and next week we can talk about, we can circle back to this. I'm just going to go to the kitchen and sharpen the knives. Yep. Great. <laughs> well, Refugio, though, he was one of the few people to show Juana tenderness in her childhood. From what Juana said, Refugio was actually a pretty, a pretty good dude, at least to her. Okay. Husta on the other hand, was a psychopathic, physically abusive alcoholic. Beating Juana, she would beat Juana until Juana was, in her words, bathing in blood. And she kept them so poor that Juana had to rummage through dumpsters for rotten food to feed her and her siblings. uh, She reminds me a lot of Henry Lee Lucas's mom. And uh, Uh. this style of, like, that's just where Juana Barraza, to me, the idea of her becoming a serial killer in in many ways, like, that doesn't make sense, but, like, she has the seeds for it in terms of the amount of... It's sounding an awful lot like the people who pen the crime on her later. I'm just saying, she received a lot of brutal abuse in yeah, a little case. might not necessarily lead to the most stable lifestyle also no. if you have the ability to call your parents in new jersey stop stealing all the food from the dumpster behind trader joe's leave it to the <laughs> oh, people that need it you're talking about the freegans leave it to the people that need it freegans end in two th- ended in 2008 i saw it. there was one article in no one has talked about i saw a meme about how we waste all the food and the freegans are like i eat the food well, by far, the most traumatic of Juana's childhood experiences was, came when Husta, just like Charles Manson's mother, sold Juana for the paltry sum of three beers to a man what? named Jose when Juana was just 11 years old. That's not a paltry sum. No. That is not a sum. No, this yeah. is like, this is really fucked up. She just yeah. like gave her to this like dude. Oh but, my god. Yeah. And yeah, she said for well, any the, amount of she money, said, three beers. Yeah, she told she said, you know, you can just take her. I don't want her. She's annoying. You I don't take li- her. I don't like her. Just take her. Oh, but and, before you go, can I get a couple of Michelobs? Uh, and then yeah. she, No, that's exa- actually that is exactly what it was. She was like, yeah, you give me those you buy me three beers and you can have her. I don't oh care. Oh my god. Yeah. And yeah. then he went home with her and then everyone was like, well, who's this girl? And he's like, it's my it's mine. How yeah. old was she? 11. 11. Jesus. 
Now, Jose was actually the older brother of one of Juana's friends. So Juana thought that she was just going over to sleep over at their house and then return home like normal. Instead, she was taken to Jose's room, beaten, tied to a bed, and raped repeatedly. Juana stayed tied up in that room for a week before Jose's mother discovered her and bladdered her son with a frying pan. Yeah. Oh, my God. But not because it was wrong. She bladdered him with a frying pan because she was afraid they would get in trouble. Yeah. But Jose said, relax. Mother gave her to me. She gave her to me. She gave her to me. She's ours now. My, I got the that, receipt. I don't yeah. even think he did have a receipt. No. And with that, the mother accepted it, using Juana as basically a household slave, while Jose continued using her as a sex slave. That went on for more than a year. I Jeez. feel like this also points Some sources towards- say four years, uh, but Juana herself said it was a year. Yeah, and I also feel mm. that this is a little bit of the, um, how do you put this, patriarchal pressure, like the idea of like the Jose kind of ran that house just because he was like the oldest man, the oldest male son, and it seems that the the mom sort of lived in deference to him. Are they, they a just little decided, more matriarchal over there? I don't know. It's a little not more complicated. Uh, well, we, whatever, you know. It's, a, mean, little it's, more, it's a little more complicated than that, especially in that household, because that- fucked. In that, in that so household, bad. like, there was a father in the household, and the father did actually try to stand up for Juana and say, like, this isn't right, uh, but the, the son beat the shit out of him. Wow. Uh, and the father was just sort of, you know, had to take it. He's just like, okay, well, that's, that's, the way, that's the way things go, Oof. I guess. Um, but no, it, it's a very patriarchal, machismo uh, type of society. Well, they, um, the, the, very the, much the so. dad should have come home with a lead pipe and he should have said no. You're just making this into more lucha libre. Yeah. Plot oh, yeah. damn. That's bad. But Juana's stepfather, Refugio, hadn't forgotten that Juana existed. He never believed, like, because who's to said, like, ah, she just ran off with some guy. Forget yeah. about her. She's when never she's 11. Back. Yeah, she just ran yeah. off. He had a romantic interlude at 11 years old. Right. Yeah. And then Juana gave birth to her first child at the age of 12. Ooh. Oh, my God. God. But just before Christmas, a neighbor tipped off Juana's aunt and uncle as to where she was being held. So they found her niece and helped her and the baby escape while her slavers were out of the house. Juana's stepfather then brought her home. And when her mother, Husta, began berating her and threatened to beat her as soon as she walked in the door, Refugio hit Husta instead and came close to smashing in Husta's skull with a rock. And from that day on, Husta never bothered Juana Ever again. This is the worst season of Growing Pains. Yeah. <laughs> when this happened, I hated season six. Man. It really mm-hmm. got brutal. Yeah. Meanwhile, Juana began selling homemade jello cups at a jelly stand to make money. Oh. Then got married at 16 to a young man who eventually became yet another abusive alcoholic. That's sad. And then there oh, was another Especially one. for a jelly salesperson. Yeah. yeah. Everyone loves jelly. And then there was another one. And it, well, it's it's jelly as in it's not like a spread jelly. Uh, it's like a jello, jello cups. cups. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Little jello cups. Yeah. yeah. And then after that guy, there was another one. And then there was another one. But on the third one, Juana finally snapped. Ooh. When she told this last boyfriend she was leaving, he responded by slapping Juana's daughter. And filled <sighs> with an uncontrollable rage, Juana grabbed a metal chair and beat her boyfriend with it like she was fucking Mick Foley, Woo! splitting his head open and knocking out two teeth. Jesus Christ. And jumping right. right into it. Well, more yeah. like she was the rock and the guy was Mick Foley. Yeah. And when the chair was finally taken from her, she recalled saying... Advariente viva, hasta que el cobarde quiere. Translated, it means 
The oppressor will stay in power until the oppressed revolts. Whoa! <laughs> Want a jelly cup? <laughs> Thank you. Very yeah. nice. That's cool. Well, after that, she kept selling jelly, but she also added gorditas and quesadillas. Woo! Yeah. Then when she was 18, this her is mother... She's just turned 18, by the way. This yeah. is amazing. Yeah, this is she for just her. She's in yeah. the gordita this... business. I don't think that the business... That, that, it's not about her being an entrepreneur. Because it was yeah, very it difficult for her. She was like selling, she was selling kids. That's how you start as an entrepreneur. But I'm just mm. saying, it, like, all of this happened. She had, she's had a lot of life. Yes. Yeah. The time she was oh 18. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Brutal. And when she was 18, her mother died of cirrhosis at the age of 36. <laughs> what was she, how much was she drinking for cirrhosis oh, at 36? All day, every day, and being a tiny little woman. I yeah. guess. And from what Juana said, she felt nothing. Concerning her mother's death. Definitely not. That, however, did not mean Juana was devoid of passion. Even before her mother's passing, Juana had discovered the joy of wrestling. Or wrestling. Or as it's called in Mexico, Lucha Libre. This is where, like, the Oscar music starts coming in, right? Because, like, you could see her dealing with all these abusive boyfriends, being a slave to a family coming out of it, and then all of a sudden, like, seeing a luchador mask or, like, seeing, like, in a window and being like, dang. And then all of a sudden, like, going and then, like, learning to tumble and having some other woman being like, we will beat the men together, will we not? El Lady del Silencio. And she's just like, oh, see, see, see. And then they just fucking, they do the, the, the Lord of the Rings, like, arm hold. Where yeah. they like, hold each other's, like, forearms together. Lightning crashes. I love it. All right, cool. And if I get anything wrong here in, in, in this short explanation of Lucha Libre, please be kind. I mean, Lucha Libre, it's just as complicated as American wrestling. And Ben, I would imagine even, even you would have a hard time explaining American wrestling to someone who knew nothing about it. Yeah, theater nerds who like to work out who also love their bodies. But he the, I lost the, all of the Lucha Libre I was watching a lot of so tumbling, tumbling, like high like a lot of jumping. It's really yeah. fun. It's awesome. Yeah. And big flying. time big time characters. In yeah. America, you got people like again, the aforementioned. We'll just stick with Shawn Michaels. Sure. That's a boring name. In, yeah. the in Lucha, everything is super exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Lucha Libre, rules-wise, is pretty similar to American wrestling. Makes sense because Lucha Libre has its roots in Texas. And oh. really, the biggest difference in rules that I can see that. is that in Lucha Libre, they usually do a best two out of three pinfall situation instead of just the one that we have here in America. And as far as style goes, what makes Lucha Libre truly its own thing is the famous luchador masks yeah cool. masks are a huge deal in lucha libre to the point where the biggest dishonor a luchador can endure is to be unmasked in the ring mm -hmm. don't they have specific like unmasking like they got full matches? masks for mask matches yeah, yeah where like yeah. they'll give somebody else their masks they think in a new mask well usually they don't like when psychosis lost it he just you lose it yeah, you lose and it, then yeah. you're shamed forever. And it was a huge deal with psychosis. I believe it was psychosis because it was a large family line, and his grandfather had the mask, but and his father that had the mask. Fuck with and their like, career, yeah, they it got actually, really mad at him. Actually, it usually ends their career. Yeah, it's wow. like serious big deal. Yeah. Serious yeah. big deal. Yeah, some are so serious about keeping their identities, they attend formal occasions fully masked. They'll go to cool. a wedding with their fucking mask on. That's awesome, dude. They yeah. love it. Yeah, they're wear, they'll wear their masks when traveling. Like they'll fuck it. Like it is serious, serious business. Mm -hmm. Now, as I said, the two roles in Lucha Libre are Technico and Ruda, face and heel. And when Juana Barraza stepped into the ring, she was most definitely 
Ruda. Mm. Yeah, yeah, but she loved it. You could feel it. You could choose like, yes, yes, yeah. boo me, yeah. yeah. Being a heel sounds a little bit more fun than being a face. I think anyway. so too. But the reason why she was a Ruda was because she liked wrestlers who lacked proper schooling over those who followed all the rules. Hmm. Soon leads to serial murder, you'll find. I guess. <laughs> yep, that's the only way. Okay. <laughs> Back when Juana Barraza was first getting into the scene, though, she was just a fan. Eventually, she started hanging out with luchadors, and they agreed to start training Juana when she was just 17 years old. Damn. Juana would train every Monday and Wednesday, and in between, she'd go to matches to learn more about the scene. Cool. It took five full years of training for Juana to be ready to actually fight. And Ooh. when she was 22, she participated in her first lucha as La Estralita, or Little Star. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, That's like kind that of a name. cool name. It's yeah. cool. Mm -hmm. A luchador's first match, however, is usually just a hazing. Juana's opponent beat the living shit out of her without mercy. And Juana came out of her first lucha with an injured arm and a broken rib. They call it a shoot. Is that what that is? A do shoot. they do that in American wrestling too? Yeah, sometimes when they just like get mad at each other and they beat the hell out of each other. Jesus Christ. It happens. But Juana also came out with 50 pesos. Yep, Woo! man, that's what you do for the love of money, man. Yep. Those 50 good. pesos meant that she could pay for diapers and milk with money left to spare. And the more she fought, the more she got paid. And she could use her manos. Yeah. <laughs> oh. She moved up to 250 pesos, then 400, then nice. 800. Woo. At her height, Juana was getting 1,000 pesos per fight, nice. sometimes fighting two or three times a night. And once she was established, Juana debuted the character she's still known for today, La Dama del Silencio, or... The Lady of Silence. That's cool, though. I do like it. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty cool. And then she yeah. also doesn't have to work on her mic skills. None at all. <laughs> she could just be, she could just be intimidating. Yeah, she yeah. could go with a Jimmy Hart or a Paul Bearer. She might need a mouthpiece. Yeah, I'll be there. Yeah. Okay. Now, despite her fearsome reputation, Juana said that on the first night she fought as this new character, she was so nervous, she almost wet her pants. And then she'd have to kill four women. Oh, no. <laughs> Mostly, she was nervous about getting up on the ropes because she was afraid of heights. Yeah, dude, Just, I would not be able to handle any of that shit. No, it's so scary. Especially those cold cage matches. Yo, dude, it's oh, nuts. Those are crazy. Yeah. It is. But eventually, Juana came to love the adrenaline rush of being in the ring as this character. And even though she was a Ruta, she was a popular Ruta. While the other Rudas would sometimes get pelted with full beers, La Dama del Silencio was a draw and popular with kids who came to her matches. Nice. I will say, so watching a bunch of Lucha is really fun. But what's really cool about the Rudas, especially the Rudas, it seems to be, I like the inclusivity of all the types of beefy women they got. Oh, yeah. you got the hot ones. You got hot luchadoras. The one where I saw one where they were doing like a twerking competition. It was hot. They got nice big butts. Everybody's sexy. But then every once in a while, you got yourself an old-fashioned bruiser. Yeah. It was just, is it Martha Villalobo? Martha Villalobo. School, man. She's awesome. She's nuts. She's like a woman. She's like, she's got a punk aesthetic. Like a Luna Vachon type, she's perhaps. She's fucking, yeah. you don't want to run up. No. On this woman, in any way, shape, or form. This is the type of woman that fucking like she. She's a shoo. If we're talking woo. lady wrestling, looks like King Koopa. Watch yeah. the ladies. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's cool. Watch the ladies' war game match from 2021. It was very uh, impressive. Mm. War games. Check out that female match. Yashirai. Yeah, they're all and they're flipping too. And that's and Martha Villalobos can still like do all the the tumbling and shit. Yeah. She's very athletic. It's insane what they do. I'm horrified of fights. 
Well, since Rudas often employ illegal and dangerous moves as a matter of course, Juana injured her spine during a match when she was 35 and never again entered the ring as a competitor. Damn, well, she had a hell of a long career then. She did. So about 15, 16 years? Yeah, she was really established part of the lucha world. Wow, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, she was a small time. Like, she was a part of the lucha world. Professional amateur? Yeah, professional. Yeah, professional amateur. Like, like not quite. Like, she's not doing backyard wrestling, but she's not on TV or either. Right. You know. Yeah, she's just a middle class performer. Yeah. Yeah. Wrestling seems to have that still. Like people that can just do can just job it. Yeah. Hopefully, Mm -hmm. more and more. Hopefully. Well, after she was a wrestler, she became a small-time promoter, sometimes making as much as 20,000 pesos on her best nights. Said, she said she actually uh, paid off her house using wow. uh, promotion money. So it, you make more money as a producer than as an actor. Well, then yeah. why is she going to go on and kill all these old women? Mm-hmm. We'll get into we'll see, it. We'll, we'll see. Now, Juana Barraza's status as a fairly popular local luchador is not in question, but it is, however... Odd that none of her fellow luchadors ever went on record to either defend or condemn Juana Barraza. Or at least we weren't able to find any mention of luchadors talking about Juana Barraza online. Maybe the wall just of a, silence. It might just be about distancing the sport from her story. Could and that unlike or in really, America. But in America, we were we were talking about this the other day. We were hammered at a bar and we watched no. like on ESPN. They asked like <laughs> these athletes these really intense political questions oh, that they have so no but they have no reason to answer them. They don't they are yeah. just like he's they just, just finished the game and they literally asked one of the most hot button topics. And he's just anyway, like let him play sports. They're just trying, he's just trying to play sports, right? He, yeah. he doesn't know. He doesn't fucking know. So it feels like it's and maybe there it's a little de- maybe it's de- there was much more separation. Also, where they're like, they, they wanna, just let the sport be the sport. They want to yeah. keep the kayfabe up. Yeah. yeah. Like, does their character know anything about this woman? No. Then shut the fuck up. Because <laughs> yeah, like, these promoters, they really was super, super real. Side stories, LPOTL at gmail.com. If you know the answer, if you and, think that if you are a person that does believe that, like, why the Lucha would, why the Lucha world would distance themselves from Wanda Peraza. They also just kind of move on. I mean, I would imagine, like, wrestlers talked about Benoit, right? They kind of did until they realized what happened, and then they stopped. I remember that. <laughs> because like, you remember they had, they had a memorial. There was a memorial first. And halfway through, the new, so afterwards, there was a memorial half on a Monday Night Raw. Halfway through, it comes through the old internet as we had it back then. It'd be like, oh, it looks like you may have killed the family. And then, like, <laughs> you could tell, like, the wrestlers, like, what happened? What? And, like, they kind of continued it, but it was a little bit more, like, muted. A little more muted. Uh-huh. Yes. Because then, and then he was officially scrubbed forever. Now, from what police believe, about six years after her in the ring luchadora career ended, Juana Barraza began murdering old ladies in Mexico City, using them as a misguided outlet for the rage she still felt towards her abusive mother. Sure. Even though Juana was by then actually much older than her mother was when she died. Weird. Her mother died at 36. So and she's supposedly 41. Juana Barraza started. Yeah, killing at 41, Isn't which is unique? also really fucking weird. It Isn't is really that? weird, but unless... The one thing I... But, hmm, the way I would frame my opinion on this is that if she did start killing at 41, she, first of all, it shows you life doesn't end at 41. That's right, I saw that. <laughs> and then also, it shows you that... I mean, maybe, it does for other people. Uh, yes. Apparently. Um, if they... If cirrhosis of the liver, if you've been drinking a, a bottle of vodka every day and since she you were kills 15 you. years old. But mm-hmm. uh, I also think that there probably is a practical edge 
to her murder. I think that it's not. I think that's why we'll, well, this is where you and I differ a little bit, where I do believe that there was a I kill people and take their money. My uh, what has my livelihood is gone. I am now I used to be on stage. I used to be in front of screaming crowds. I'm here like I used uh -oh. to be this character. I was the lady of silence. And then now, as you'll see, she had to go back to manual labor, do various things. And that there's a bitterness there that might lead to her having more aggression. No, and then there's more snaps and, and, and more like violence. And I violence. don't think anyone who is failed at the entertainment industry has bitterness <laughs> i wouldn't imagine i couldn't even fathom someone who was a star at one point just taken away from them and then all no, of a sudden never. they're fine they're always fine fine now these murders are not quite as brutal as you'd expect if the motive was indeed pure rage rage murders are usually quite messy sure. but the old lady killings in question were all done by simple strangulation using household objects as makeshift garrots. The theory that the cops worked with was that the perpetrator began killing in fits and starts in 1998, but they ramped up in 2003. They said that the killer posed as a nurse or a social worker, complete with identification and paperwork used to gain the trust of these old ladies. That's what the boss strangled yeah. Okay. Then, once the killer was inside, they would strangle the old ladies to death with whatever nearby household objects seemed to be up to the task. Now, the police, working off that weird reverse misogyny we talked about with Carla Homolka, they became mm. convinced that there was no way a woman could be the killer here. Instead, they maintained that it had to be a homosexual man dressed like a woman. Uh, you know, <laughs> Wait, but hold on. Why did they think it had to be a gay dude? Because, because they, because they would dress up like a woman to go kill elderly women? I think that they believe that a woman would never murder a many, many old people but why would a gay dump? man do it because he had to be a gay man in order to dress as to dress a woman like a dress as a woman yeah, yeah. So this, okay again are we this 2003 2003 <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> all right got it now the police were so convinced on this theory that on multiple occasions they conducted ham-fisted roundups of transgender sex workers just to see what they could see but of right, course you they never come me? up with anything come on you want to strangle me <laughs> i don't actually i'm doing just fine here on the street i'm actually just going to hang out with this okay, john here what if we put a babushka on this mannequin do God. you want to attack this mannequin <laughs> no now by 2006, when Juana Barraza was arrested, so many people had reported seeing the perpetrator running from murder scenes that 64 sketches of El Mataviejitas had been created. That's more than there are fucking murders. You could make a flip book out of it and actually have her look like she's running away from a crime scene. That's interesting. <laughs> But according to author Susana Vargas, criminality in Mexico is often connected to lower classes and indigenous people, i.e. those with darker skin. So all the police sketches of El Mataviejitas were given darker skin, even if the person didn't describe the suspect as such. Ah, yeah, you know, ah, you, you just Improved. can't let someone get in there with the charcoal. No, you can't no. improv it. You got to no. do what they say if you're the uh, if you're the artiste. 
Now, eventually, the authorities brought in French police officers to give a week-long course to possibly help with the capture of El Mataviejitas. First, you go to the open market. You spend (laughs) your day, you you squeeze the bread, you see what is the most firm, and that's how you know what is good for the fresh toast. (laughs) What does this have to do? We're trying to catch a killer here. No, no, it's all about the process, huh? All right. And have a cigarette. Then you go to the Louvre. Wait, we don't see, have the Louvre here. Uh, <laughs> I do not know what to tell you, my friend. When do we catch the killer, dude? On the Sunday, <laughs> three weeks from now. Okay. <laughs> when there's an opening, I'm asking you. Thanks, French guy. Well, partly, this course talked about a French Eartha Kitt impersonator named Terry Paulin. <laughs> have you mean Terry? Terry, he's such a fucking bitch. Yeah, is he yeah. like a cat woman almost? Mm. Yeah, he murdered 21 elderly women before Jeez. he was 25 years old. Oh and for God. that, we arrested him, but then we gave him a medal. Isn't that for something? For simply the effort he put in. Jeez. Paulin was actually far more brutal than El Mataviejitas, suffocating some old ladies with plastic bags, beating some old ladies to death, and in one case, forcing an old lady to drink Drano. Oh, God. In other words, this is a man who killed out of rage. Yes. That's what a rage oh, killing looks like. True. Yeah, but I okay. also will posit there is a difference between the way men kill and the way women kill. And I can see how a Are rage you about to killing... do like a 1980s bit about driving? <laughs> men drive kill like, like this. this. Yeah, so women how... drive like this. <laughs> no, it's this idea that I feel that even a strangulation, or an impulse-driven strangulation, could still be a rage killing to a lady. But I don't... Th- even if a lot of work to strangle her. Him. Even if it was uh, Juana Barraza, which I'm still a completely, of course, totally open to it being, it's. I don't think there's any impulse kills here. I think she went to these places specifically to murder yes, a woman. Yes, and take their money, take their shit. Yeah, murder a woman. Yeah, there it wasn't an imp- I don't think there was any impulse here. Like, it was definitely premeditated. All right. But that's the thing. Is that the Mexican serial killers, when they heard about Terry Paulin, all they heard was cross-dresser, gay, and old ladies. So, despite instructions from French police to listen to eyewitness suspects who all said, it's definitely a woman murdering these old ladies, authorities kept operating under the gay cross-dresser theory. Sure. Why not? I mean, mean, because it's wrong. It's It's wrong. wrong, Yeah, it's wrong. (laughs) That'd be one big, that's a key why not, I would think, but okay. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It says here I have to talk about something I need to get off my chest, and I guess I can share it here. I eat mayonnaise for fun. It's a hobby of mine. And it's an addiction. And it's a daily weight on my life. How much I need whipped egg whites and oil crammed into my veins. As soon as I wake up, and a lot of people carry around a lot of different stressors, big and small. Some people are presidents. Some people are soldiers. Some people have to eat mayonnaise, especially with hard-boiled eggs, which is what I eat for lunch. But I guess I should share that in therapy. Because therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And what I do is I just add eggs if I have mayonnaise left over. I just continue to add the eggs. But if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. I hope they can help me. My God. I hope they can help me. 
Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LastPod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp! H-E-L-P dot com slash LastPod. No matter what kind of work you do, how you communicate is key. All those emails, reports, and presentations are equally important to the collaboration needed to get things done. Grammarly can help. Grammarly is your AI writing partner to help you communicate more effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact at work. And isn't that what matters most? Better writing means a stronger impact. Grammarly works across 500,000 apps and websites. You can't escape it. Like the ever-pervasing octopus of malice that is the NSA. Grammarly is watching your every move, making sure that you're doing it right. Data privacy and security are woven into the foundation of Grammarly, into the very essence of its nature. Grammarly is a secure AI writing partner, and it helps your team make their point and move faster, because that's the key there. Work smarter, not harder. Yes, Grammarly. You know how many times it saves me from writing a long, rambling, one-sentence email at 4 o'clock in the morning to my beloved employees? Makes me sound like someone who doesn't just have a BA in theater. All right. I was taught how to be a tree. I was not taught how to survive as an adult. All right. My job was to cry in front of a weird Southern man who just told me all sorts of weird stuff about my body. I didn't learn how to write. So thank you, Grammarly, because you're making me the boss I gotta be to motivate my team to get out there. And, oh, man, you don't want to mess with them. Thanks, Grammarly. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Sign up and download for free. Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. That's one of my favorite things about it. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. Now, personally, I'm in the middle of re-landscaping my yard. I like to do it myself because I called up a landscaper to see how much it costs, and it was absolutely insane. Plus, I love dirt. I love getting my hands in the dirt, and I love planting things myself. And fast-growing trees has given me some wonderful plants that I can use. Like I got this uh, Texas sage, it's purple. I've dug up a whole bunch of horrible bushes and shrubs up in front of my window and in front of my house and put some purple Texas sage up there and it's going to thrive and it's going to look real good. And I didn't even have to go to a nursery to buy it. It came to my house. Now, this spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code LEFT at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code LEFT at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code LEFT. Offers valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. 
Meanwhile, Juana Barraza was not in any way acting like someone who'd killed 47 women over the course of three years. See, just a few weeks before Juana Barraza was arrested, she gave a ringside television interview during a national Lucha Libre broadcast. She was there as a fan. Okay. Now, the fact that none of the witnesses who supposedly saw the killer recognized Juana Barraza, that doesn't mean necessarily that she didn't do it, because it's possible that none of those witnesses just happened to be watching TV Azteca that night. That's right. They're old ladies. They're probably not watch- watching wrestling. No, I mean the witnesses who saw her running from the scene. Because mm. Juana Barraza, whoever killed these old ladies, never, ever left one living. But it's interesting that Juana Barraza had no interest in keeping a low profile in the middle of the first ever serial killer investigation in Mexican history. Instead, she played to the cameras and told the interviewer that she was Ruda del Corazon, or Ruda to the core. But what's more Ruda than killing 40 old women? Well, (laughs) yeah, she's healed to the core. This is why, again, this is where I'll, I'll come in a little bit of devil's advocate Look at somebody like um, Jack Unterweger. No, right? I know the arrogance is definitely there. There's an arrogance that could possibly, like, again, I'm not, I, don't, I don't even know. I have no stake. I got no skin in this game. She's guilty or not. No, but I don't have skin in it. Yeah. Mm, yeah. But the Juana very well could be doing very traditional serial killer behavior of like, Hiding in plain sight. Yeah, that's loving what I'm the game. Loving the loving the. I get to be on TV and I get to kill. Yeah. Absolutely. There's definitely that aspect of it, it sounds like. But still, you know. Yeah. But just a few weeks later, Juana Barraza was indeed arrested for the murder of an old lady that she definitely, absolutely, without a doubt killed. And she was subsequently charged with all of the old lady murders. Yeah. But things might not have gone down the way authorities said they did. Hmm. As the official story goes, on January 25th, 2005, Juana Barraza, at the age of 48, entered the home of an 80-year-old woman named Ana Maria Reyes under the guise of asking for a glass of water. Once inside the home, Barraza allegedly punched the old woman in the face, grabbed a stethoscope from a nearby table, and used it to strangle Reyes. She then walked out with a box of coins and some earrings, got spotted by the victim's renter, and was subsequently arrested. Huh. Now, according to They Call Me the Old Lady Killer, which again, might be suspect, Juana had an entirely different story to tell, even though she does admit fully that she did kill this old lady. Now, she, though, by this point, okay. she had started a business. So she was really, she What's was doing business? house cleaning. She was doing house cleaning, laundry, and like kind of doing stuff like that. Right? Well, I, didn't she had a, do it. I didn't ask you to clean up that much. But I'm just saying, <laughs> she had access to old people's homes, right? Like she went in and like, that's kind of what she did for a while. And she was been dealing with, I'm going to go out and the, the, like, I think anybody who's cleaned someone's house for a living has met what I would call an art, the Jungian archetype. The old bitch. And how, like, <laughs> she can say a bunch of mean shit yeah. to you as you're cleaning, right? I and just say, picked mm-hmm. up this cup of coffee. It seems like there's a coffee ring on there. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, you cleaned that one up. I just put it over here. Oh, I just picked it up again. There's another coffee ring on there. I'm just saying, you can run into a lot of the trademark old bitches when you are cleaning homes professional. I believe that mm-hmm. that's true. I'm sure of it. <laughs> Still can't kill them. I'm not saying they okay. should be murdered. Well, by this time in her life, Juana was no longer making the money she once was with Lucha Libre and was making ends meet by selling quesadillas, cleaning houses, and doing laundry, as Henry said. 
But from what Juana later claimed, she actually knew the victim in question quite well because she'd been doing her laundry for two years, two days a week. It's a rough gig. It is. Apparently, Ana Maria Reyes was sometimes mean-tempered and moody, but usually nice enough. Yeah, but when you've been watching some old woman's fucking old stank ass it's hard, fucking man. panties every two weeks and then she comes in, she's just like, you get the brown out. You get the brown out this week. You're gonna fucking flip out. Thanks for the new pair of clean undies. Hold on, I got something else for you to watch. This is more SVD. <laughs> here you go. Here's a new here's a new pair of dirty this undies for you. Hard. This is ridiculous what this woman is doing. But then, of course, she's a victim. She's a victim. So on the day in question, Juana wasn't super jazzed about going to work, but she was broke and needed the money. In addition, Ana Maria Reyes was also in a particularly sour Mm. mood. While doing the laundry, Juana heard Ana Maria having an argument on the phone in the other room, saying things like, do you think I'm a millionaire? Like I'm made of money? You think I'm made of money? Which is you never want to hear when you're a freelancer. Yeah, and you hear <laughs> the person who's supposed to give you money say that to somebody else. You think I made a money? You made a money. That's how you know you're not getting paid. No, yeah. definitely. Yeah. I mean, in other words, Anna Maria was a little touchy about financial dealings on that particular day. And once the day was done, Juana asked to get paid for both that day's work and the week before. But the woman asked Juana to wait on the payment and asked oh, you gotta pay. quite nastily as well. An argument ensued, but Juana finally gave up and turned around to leave. It's at that moment that Juana claimed that Ana Reyes punched her hard in the back. Or at least as hard as an old lady can punch. I guess. Sure, sure, sure. I don't mess with the elderly, man. There's hidden hidden strength inside the elderly. The only person I've seen somebody slap somebody else on the back to try to start a fight was Holden McNeely in (laughs) Brothers when we were doing a murder fish show in the middle of it. John Moreno was dressed as a giant rapping baby, baby lawn, and they got into a fight and Holden went, you're a fucky, and he slapped him on the back. He did, on stage. No, no, this is backstage. She was backstage. a huge fight. Wow, between those two. Yep. Yeah. What a fight. What a fight wow. that must have been. I was a big rapping baby, huh? <laughs> Did he have a bonnet on? Sucking on my motherfucking mama's titties. Wah, 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 wah. That was the bit. That's a great bit. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was I'm sure it worked, yeah. No, okay, it back didn't to one of them. It did bomb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, Juana, even though she claims to not be violent, she had a history of flying off the handle. Besides the aforementioned metal chair incident, years before all this, Juana had gotten into trouble for punching a cop in the face. Oh, so did Jaja Gabor, and people loved it. <laughs> yes. And this is after the cop had grabbed her son by the ear because the kid ran through a turnstile at the train station. He was just being a kid. Juana figured that the cop overreacted, so she punched her in the face. Okay. And this time was no different. After the old lady punched her, Juana remembered saying, quote, No one hits me, brother. Whoa. Nobody hits me, Oh, my God. She activated her wrestling mode. That's like what Buzz Lightyear. She she hit the button on the back. You're about to cross the threshold of pain you never even imagined. I'm about to spike your body off the fucking floor. Actually, she said that she grabbed the woman by the shoulders, picked her up, and threw her like she was doing a fucking luchadora move. <laughs> fuck yeah, she dude. seriously yeah. went into luchadora mode. She I don't said, mean to say fuck yeah, but fuck yeah, it's kind of fun. Yeah. It's crazy. She said the lady's head landed hard on a wooden table 
and blood began pouring out of her nose. And that's when Wana realized she probably killed this old lady. Or at least that's this is the story this that Wana story. tells. This, this is her story. story. She said she then walked outside past a patrol car and almost fled the scene. But instead, she walked up to the cops and told them that she'd had a problem with the old lady she worked for and had thrown her to the ground. This is what I truly don't believe. Mm -hmm. I don't believe that she confessed like this. The police told her to wait in the car while they went up and checked on said old lady. But while Juana was waiting, she noticed that they were talking to some guy for about 45 minutes, who mm-hmm. turned out to be the aforementioned renter. And it's at this point that things get a little muddy. And mm. really, Juana Barraza's supposed innocence hinges completely on which version of this story you believe. Yes. See, the police. I don't believe that she walked up to a cop and said, I think I killed an old, this person. I really, I, de- I completely disbelieve that. You don't believe okay. that, huh? No. Okay. I think that she was caught. And then I think that other things that she said could be true, mm-hmm. but there is just no single way she confessed to the police. Well, well, the police were under a massive amount of pressure to close this case soon. And if we want to get into why there was a push to find someone in early 2006, we've got to get into a bit of speculative conspiracy. So Conspiracy? Which, conspiracy. And if you want to get into a good conspiracy of mine, this is what I'll tell you to do. If you're at home right now and you're wearing a baseball cap, you know how like you oh, get like the, little, like the little like rungs on it? Do like two rungs too tight like you really want to squeeze your <laughs> squeeze brain wrap your head in saran wrap for a little bit first well make a hole for your, for mouth, your mouth and nose so you can breathe, yeah. and then listen to this section so get ready to well, let's, it sounds let's, like let's look at it you're just sort of asking them to to squeeze their heads squeeze your head a so little whatever bit. it takes if, even if you have a if you have a significant other have them squeeze, squeeze your head the redder your face is the more this is going to make sense sure all right yeah. so maybe even hang upside down for a second yeah. Sure. Well, the mayor equivalent in Mexico City throughout the old lady murders was a career politician named Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador, known for short as AMLO. Cool. Mm. AMLO had already left office in July of 2005, but right around the time of Juan's arrest in 2006, AMLO was in the middle of a presidential run. See, it just so happened that many of the victims in the old lady murders were, as I said, attached to the Sivale social program. Mm. And Sivale was certainly something that AMLO could tout during his campaign. There was, however, the Mataviajita stain still on the program. So it's possible, and this is pure naked-ass speculation, okay. that AMLO was using his influence to clean up the Mataviajita's case just as the presidential race was just starting to heat up. It's not the first time it's happened. Definitely nope. not. It's possible that the police by this point were looking to pin these murders on anybody who seemed even close to plausible, and Juana Barraza was just that person. AMLO, by the way, lost the 2006 election by a razor-thin margin. Was that Vicente Fox that won that one? That was not. That was after Vicente Fox. That was Felipe Calderon, I believe. Ooh, Calderon. AMLO, by the way... Currently the president of Mexico. Whoa, Whoa. it worked out for him. (laughs) Now, according to Juana's recollection of what happened at the crime scene, the cops dumped Anna Maria's belongings into her purse, forced her to handle a manila folder filled with the names and addresses of other old ladies, and convinced the renter to say he saw more than he actually saw. 
That's mm. a lot. That's, that's a, a lot. lot. That's a lot. That's, I'm saying that's it's a lot. Good. Yes, it's a lot. Later, once Juana was taken to the police station and put in the box, the cops asked her to handle several objects without gloves and without a lawyer. Things like pantyhose, a cable, some masks, duct tape, a bandage, and a bag. Why do you guys have me holding all of these what definitely appear to be murder weapons? Do you have any blood? Do you have any... Do you have any pussy cum? No. I we just need some of your pussy cum. If you could. I just need to scrape some. I'm not going to say, Juana, this is the most pussy cum I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> now, police claim that these objects were, of course, all murder weapons found at 10 crime scenes. And that all of these objects had Juana Barras' fingerprints. And it was based on these fingerprints that Juana was charged with 10 murders. Although what? some sources say 16 murders. This is the thing, man. You can't that do that, though. I don't think the cops are good enough to even be this good at framing someone. You know I what I mean? I think that this is actually a very ham-fisted, bad frames. way to frame somebody. <laughs> yeah, There's I think like, this is like a dumb this, way to do it. Hold this. If anyone ever comes up to you and says, like, hold the gun by the handle really quick for me. Just really quick. Just really quick. That's all I'm going to do. Breathe in this back. Yeah. Well, soon after Juana was charged, the cops then claimed to have the testimony of a sometime accomplice, a woman named Araceli Tapia Martinez. Tapia said that from 1996 to 2000, she and Juana dressed up as nurses so they could rob old ladies. Yes. Although Tapia said she never participated in an old lady murder. Mm. You know, like, that's the thing. I believe I, I believe in some of this. I believe wasn't she, she might have robbed some people. Wasn't she making money as a wrestling promoter at that time? No. No, not in 96. 96, she was already done with her career, so she's 41 then. She's Her career ended in 92. Yes. Okay. So mm-hmm. she could definitely see that she ran out of money. Yeah. She very possibly could have, she's already cleaning people's homes. She's very possibly could have turned it into robbing people. It could very possibly turn into, I can kill these people, nobody cares, maybe yeah. in a way. And maybe. Then, I don't know. Maybe. I don't know when she started cleaning homes, though. I think she'd only started cleaning homes like a couple of years before she was arrested. Which also uh, probably could have gotten the idea from robbing people and finally got sick of the game of robbing people. I don't know. Maybe. So you think she was robbing people and then been, and then being like, and there's a lot of dust. Cleaning homes yeah. is also maybe, a, cleaning homes is also an extremely common job in Mexico. It's a, and hard a very job. hard job. It's From what my job. wife tells me, in in Latin America, a an immaculately spotless home is a, a customary thing. It's something that everybody like strives for, and therefore you need a cleaning lady to come in very often to make sure your home is immaculately clean. Okay. Well, interestingly. Tapia, the woman that said she actually committed burglaries with Juana Barraza, Tapia was under the gun for a different set of burglaries and a murder when Juana was arrested. But after Tapia rolled on Juana, she was freed from prison long before her sentence was due. Yikes. Quite interesting. It's getting getting muddy. It's getting muddy. Yeah. Muddy. Now, when Juana was arrested, both the media and criminologists found multiple reasons why it made sense that La Dama de Silencio was also La Mataviejitas. In addition to her status as a Ruta, Juana also had an abusive past with her mother. This is like kind of what Henry was saying earlier. The sure. theory was that elderly women triggered an uncontrollable anger in Juana Barraza. And Juana, like many other serial killers, put herself in situations where she would feel justified to kill. And she'd also make a little money off the loot in the process. I'm still putting the weight mm. on the practical edges of the murder and mm-hmm. not the psychological edge. Right. Another strike against Juana, as far as the media was concerned, was the discovery of an altar to La Santa Muerte in her home. Oh, that's common, though. Yeah, I mean, people have it. 
Yeah, people have it. I mean, and it was a full-on altar. She had the skeleton figures with the capes, the photographs, the apples, the candles, the styrofoam cups, all in front of a wall painted bright red. And Santa Muerte, we know it's no more evil than any other belief system. It's Mm. fucking, it's normal. It can, in fact, be quite positive. And want to claim that she was one of those people who prayed to La Santa Muerte for good purpose. Okay. I did, we did research. We talked to a expert in Santa yes. Muerte, which was a British Fascinating. dude. Remember, they, they came yes. they came to the UK and they basically, like, they came from the UK. They examined what Santa Muerte, they believe they had something like 12 million people believe in Santa Muerte. Yeah. And the one thing that they say about Santa Muerte is that it works, but... Like, it works. Like, you can actually work with Santa Morte. It works. But the problem is, is that Santa Morte does not let you go, right? Yeah. Like, if you do enter into an arrangement with Santa Morte for something, <laughs> Santa Morte wants more and more and more and more. And that maybe, you know, you can end up and finding yourself in a place where you believe, hey, I need a way out of these situations. Maybe murder for Santa Morte is a way for me to succeed. So I keep on getting these push notifications for Uber Eats. It's just I like don't it. want you right now. <laughs> Leave me alone. And every once in a while, 3 a.m., you're like, Uber Eats, where have you been in my whole fucking life? Absolutely. Have you thought about Hardee's? Well, Juana also lived in Ecatepec, considered by some to be the worst place to live in all of Mexico. Ooh, dang. Therefore, since Juana lived in a poor neighborhood, oh. she was considered more likely to be criminal. And based on all of that, Juana was officially named La Mata Viejitas. So now that we've laid out all the reasons put forth by the police and the media concerning Juana Barraza's guilt, let's go through the reasons why Juana may not have done it. Sure. Mm -hmm. And none of these, by the way, came from Juana's story. This is just holes in logic. Firstly, if Juana Barraza killed these old ladies because they reminded her of her mother... Why didn't she kill women in their mid to late 30s? Because after all, Juana's mother made it to 40 years old at most. Therefore, Juana had no reason to hate old ladies. I always think that that's dumb. I always think that that's dumb. When they do that, like, you know, with David Berkowitz, with the women with long hair, with long brown Mm -hmm. hair. Like, like, you know, Ted Bundy, they try to do these things. These are like shorthand bullshit lawyer things that I think are are fake. But when you're young and you look at a 36-year-old, don't you look at a 36-year-old? They appear to be old. Very old. So perhaps that's it. Old ladies were murdered because they were easy to murder. Like, yeah. I think that that is obviously the connection. Could. They are easy to murder. Uh, you can fuck it. You can hit them with a hammer. You can hit them with your car. <laughs> you could fucking push them off a balcony. You can set I, their homes on fire well, while they're inside horrible. of it. You could tell them you're Santa Claus and then spray them with gasoline. Oh, like, oh so grandmas don't believe in do. Santa anymore. There's so many things you can do to Nana, right? But mm. like with a, a woman 35 years old, they fight. Look yeah. at Natalie. You can't Natalie kill me. She well, killed you. Natalie's, yeah. a, I mean, she's an athlete. Yes, but I'm saying. a little bit more of a difference. They're strong. My grandmother, I don't think, would have been killed. She's strong like she's strong like bull, but also it just she'd, depends. She'd need a couple of bullets to the head. She was on Ritalin until the day she died in 88. <laughs> they still had her opt up on Ritalin. Well, second, it said that Juana Barraza had a folder full of addresses and names attached to old ladies, and these were to be her future victims. Those are cleaning for cleaning. Well, um, furthermore, she was said to act as a social worker or a nurse, complete with paperwork to gain the trust of victims and a fake ID. Mm. Problem with this, Juana Barraza can't read. Mm. It's never explained how she was supposed to have had the knowledge to even look for these credentials amidst a fucking mountain of papers. I don't care. I don't mind. I don't. The worst part of all is I never learned to read. (laughs) Is that true? 
nor was it explained how she could read the contents of the folder to find more victims. She had a folder full of names and addresses, but she can't read. That's that's stupid. She does not have a Rolodex. I don't agree. I don't believe that she had a Rolodex of people she was going to kill. Can but I ask if you can't read? This is a stupid. It might be, I can't read. Oh, I can't read. But you could probably still disseminate like addresses yeah, i think so too. you can still figure that out right i mean you're just looking I don't like know. that how matches much, this how and- much can you not read I don't, yeah, I don't know how illiteracy works with stuff like that. Because but, we can read. But that's the thing. If yeah, you but, don't believe that she has a folder, which is something that the cops put forth as like, in, like this is very, this is evidence here, then that makes all the rest of the evidence circumspect. If they're putting forth other things, like it, it, it puts a little bit right. more pressure on like, well, if they're lying about this, what else are they lying about? I don't believe, don't get me wrong. I think the, the I believe the police, they, <laughs> they can frame a lot of fucked up things. They, yeah, this they is can. what they do. I'm just saying that there are, you'd be surprised at the capabilities of the human and what we can do, <laughs> right? If we want to do something. Like if yeah. she wants to kill. This like, is, this she, is your like Mamba mentality <laughs> moment. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like if she wants to kill, she's trying to kill for money. Like, let's say it's fully practical and she's killing just for money. And then it gets lumped into this idea of a serial killer, right? Like she ends up becoming accidentally a serial killer. She's killing a bunch of people to cover her tracks. I believe that you could see on paperwork inside someone's home that they are a part of like some kind of social like program. Like you see like a symbol or something on the mail. Like that's how you know an old person lives there. And that what you can do is... You could see a piece of mail, maybe. This is, again, complete, total conjecture. Yeah. Like, can't you, but you could see a symbol you could that see a you symbol. know is a social services symbol. Like, you know that mm-hmm. it's like... Okay. They usually try to cover it up a little bit. Not really, not necessarily, but you know that, like, this is for, like, this is mm. social security money. Like, you know this is, like, a thing that says that this an old person lives here. And so you just start knocking on doors. Maybe you do build up your own Rolodex. I don't know. But that's the thing. All 17 women killed in 2003 were registered to C. Vale. It's weird. But since Juana couldn't read, it's a mighty big coincidence that she just happened to choose victims who were signed up to this specific mm. program. Unless she really was, which that, that's a thing that I don't necessarily believe either, unless she really was a full-on serial killer who looked, no. who, who followed people and looked for like she was a process killer in terms of like stalking like she stalked these people she built up like oh i'm gonna get her here this way i'm gonna get her now i'm gonna do this and then eventually she starts to see this like she builds out her own like how do i find out you're a part of Sivale? well i definitely think i know you're old if you're a part of Sivale. we've definitely learned one thing in this episode it's time we eliminate all these social safety nets because what are they? What are they out other than just simply fishing for future victims? Wow. Well, third, it said that when Barraza was caught, she had a stethoscope in her bag. Yet the supposed murder weapon used on Ana Reyes was a stethoscope. That means that Juana was walking around with multiple stethoscopes in her bag to be used as potential murder weapons. I don't know. Why are there so many stethoscopes in this story? I don't know. No one's a doctor. I don't know. But if she, again, it points to if it's real that she did a nurse get up to convince people, then that might be like a prop. However, uh, she, on the day that she was murdered, she was not dressed as a nurse. Nurses Mm. in Mexico wear blue and white. She was wearing a red sweater. She was not in any way. And in fact, the actual uh, official explanation is she went asking for a glass of water. See. Now, fourth, 
Juana Barasa does admittedly look like one of the police sketches from one of the earlier scenes. Well, there's fucking 41 of them. Yeah, 64, 64 different 64 sketches were done. So do we, all three of us. Yes, it's She's true. bound to look like one of them. Yeah, has to. She has to look like at least one. Just like flipping through and be like, sir, these are all pictures of vegetables. Mm. Yep, that's a tomato. Mm. Yep. It's a banana. I'm sorry, I'm just... Uh, it's a fruit. I needed a salad. Okay. <laughs> Finally, as to why there were no more old lady killings after Juana Barraza was arrested, Uh the murder of old women had already stopped before Juana Barraza was arrested. The last old lady murder before Ana Maria Reyes was in October of 2005, three months prior, and that is by far the longest stretch there had ever been since the Mataviejitas murders began. Okay. So either she completely stopped for reasons unknown, or the real Mataviejitas died or was put into prison. Who knows? Whoa. I honestly that that is interesting because you also see serial killers take time off. They do, like, you know, they do they tend to, especially if she maybe Sometimes. got sick of it. Maybe the heat was coming down, and she decided to say, "I fuck it." Fuck it, and then all of a sudden she's like, uh, I gotta throw one more fucking old gotta woman go. like a bale of hay. I gotta do it. <laughs> gotta do it. Okay. Now, to be absolutely fair, there are many holes in Juana's story as well. Let's see. She said that when she threw Anna Maria Reyes, the old lady hit her head on the table. Mm-hmm. But in the crime scene photos, yes. there's only one table near the body, and it's more like a small tray. Yeah. There is no blood on this table, nor does it look disturbed in any way. Yeah, mm, that's not good. Concerning motive, I'm with you, Henry. It could just be plain old greed. Sure. Because what we know about female serial killers is that the most common motivation is money, as opposed to the sexual thrills motivating most male serial killers. Because you look at, again, I'll, I'll bring up the Boston Strangler murders because that showed a sexual edge to not as much. There was a rage sexual edge in those murders that was not put onto the body. It wasn't like you normally see. It wasn't like 25 stab wounds, Ooh. head crushed. It was the body carefully posed with the the bow, the ornate bow that was always mm-hmm. made to make it look like, like to shock you when you open the door and saw the victim. Where this is very practical. Mm. It's very perfunctory. It's they're murdered and it's done. I'm trying yeah. to get something. Mm-hmm. And it also takes quite a bit of imagination and distrust to believe that the police framed Juana so nakedly, specifically with all that fingerprint evidence. It's the, it, that is the only thing I don't believe. But, really, that's the thing I don't believe. I don't know. But from what my wife told me, and she lived in Mexico for quite a long time. Sure. It's not as impossible to imagine this happening in Mexico as it is here. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I mean, yeah. sure. We've been framing guys for singular murders for centuries here in America. Even sure. sometimes framing people for the odd triple murder. West Memphis 3, they just talk about the, the evidence is now, they just show that they didn't destroy any they evidence. They didn't destroy yeah. it. Hopefully yep. that comes to light. Sometimes, you know, Americans, we might even add a few dozen victims to a serial killer's body count if they're amenable to turn a few murders from red to black. We did that with Henry, Henry Lee Lucas. Lucas. Did it with fucking Pee Wee Gaskins. Pee-wee we do it Gaskins. again and again. We'll still figure out Samuel Little. I don't think we know fully. Samuel Little, we don't know either. Samuel yeah. Little, you just have his drawings, and it's kind of the same thing. He yeah, just I saw drawings, those drawings. Those are they they're actually not them. good drawings. It's just, it, it just flimsy in my mind. I think yeah. so, yeah. But to pin a serial killer's entire body count to one person is a little beyond the pale for even the American justice system, and it might even be beyond the pale for Mexico's as well. I don't know. Don't know. It's hard to fuck. It's very difficult to tell what truly goes on. And concerning Juana's illiteracy... It is possible 
that she was working with an accomplice who could read. Possibly someone who worked for the Sivale program, which is how Juana gained access to the names and addresses. Split Ooh. the money. Kind of like think, Master Blaster. And they just split the money and then she just did and then she just wanted the whole world to hear her tragic story versus everything else. Like she yeah. just wanted the world to like see what she went through as a person versus all of her crimes. Well, she, she didn't talk about how she created a whole criminal enterprise. She could have depicted that through theater in the ring. You're very true. <laughs> you are. Yes, indeed. You're right. She could have written a poem. She could have written a song. Yeah. She could have created a really moving set of cross There's buns. So- cross, <laughs> cross, like, How cross buns? Well, at the very least, if she did do it, it's impossible for her to be the only person involved. Maybe she was a part of a small gang of burglars and she was just the muscle. As to why she never said anything about this, it's quite possible that she or her family would be harmed if she rolled on the others in the gang. It's very if possible. Those, if the rest of the gang exists. All I know is that shit did not happen the way the Mexican authorities say it happened. It did not happen that way. It's impossible for it to happen that way. I'm not saying Juana Barraza is innocent. I'm not saying she never killed anyone beyond that one old lady. I'm just That's saying enough. there's a different fucking story here. There is objective reality. Doesn't exist. Are you about to Kellyanne Conway this? I'm just saying, objective (laughs) reality is very difficult to discern, except for the two people there. The only two people that know are the old lady that was murdered and whoever did it. No one else knows anything that that, that happened in that room. mm -hmm. All right. Well, there we go. Yep. Nothing is known. Well, things are known. You know nothing about me, truly. Our gravity is real. That's where we're sitting. Oh, is it? Yeah. I learned that from Guardians of the Galaxy. I know. You flarking idiot. You flarking morons. Finish the episode. Uh, You wouldn't even know you're flocking Polish. (laughs) I hate it. I fucking hate it so much. It's like puppers. Puppers? I hate that word. It's very old. I know. I haven't heard that in forever. What does that even mean? When people call their kids littles. Oh, okay, that's fucking awful. I don't like uppers or litters, no. littles. Well, these days, Juana Barraza spends her time in prison helping little old lady prisoners take walks. Here we go. You're going to fall in the Here we go. Between the legs. I want to go next. And that's even though Barraza can barely walk herself because of the injuries she sustained as a luchadora. I mean, she is not mm. walking any better, you know, there than an old wrestler here in America walks. Dang. This, if she is the raging old lady killer, would be the equivalent of Ted Bundy tutoring brunette co-eds from death row. He would Jeez. have if he could have. Of course <laughs> he would have. He would have if he could have. This is, she definitely is doing this. She's like, See, <laughs> see, I didn't kill this one. My hands. No, I was petting her cardigan. Oh my! You thought God. I was get out of here, her, Ted. Huh? Oh no! Oh oh! God, no. I'm just curling her blue hair. Get mm-hmm. out of here, Ted. I mean, Juana Barraza, she actually went, it took a very long time for her to talk to the media. She did not talk to the media because she didn't want her story to be misunderstood. She said that she had talked to the media a couple of times uh, and the, her words had gotten, you know, completely changed around. So well, on the so story, forth. the story is definitely not misunderstood, is it? No. Yeah. Uh, other than the fact we have no idea. Yes. About anything. <laughs> yes. So while Juana Barraza most likely did kill a bunch of old ladies, it's also possible that there might be a luchadora sitting in prison right now that does not deserve her reputation as one of the most infamous serial killers in Mexican history. Whoa, that's cool. 
cool. All right. We got a little lucha talk in. We got some beer dare. Unfortunate for every victim, of course. Our heart goes out to the family. <laughs> really good work. But that was an uh, interesting tale indeed. It is really interesting. I love kind of this kind of, we just did it a little bit with Lizzie Borden too, but I love Well, that's this. the thing. We kind of did who do who done it. We did two who done it in well, a row. Almost. Lizzie Borden, we definitely don't know who done it, but this one is like there was a done it. Yeah. But it's more like who? Yeah. Yep. It's well, more Lizzie like Borden how versus done it. how done it. Yeah. Uh, Where done it? Miss Borden versus Miss Baraza. Who wins? Baraza. Wanna Baraza will fucking All break right, her legs. There you go. <laughs> um, but next week, I put Wanna Baraza against Eileen Wernos, Honestly, Whoa, I love to see really? that fucking fight. Oh my god, I'd pay money. I'd pay money to see that fight. Um, but next week we have the tale. We're getting into some. Yeah, she. See if you can know what that is. Yeah, you see there. Yeah, yeah, boss. We're getting some of that. We're talking cartoon cat cartels. Yes. And then February, opening the gates, going to every single spot, every single podcast platform, wherever you get it. You get it from Podhole or Lucy Lips, whatever you wherever you get it. Um, Our Patreon is nothing is changing with our Patreon. Absolutely nothing is just as bad as always. It's we're doing a bunch of shit. We're also going to start a new Sirius XM show Monday nights. It's going to be a call-in show. We're going to let you know as soon as we know when our premiere date's going to be. Very excited for that. We just want you to fucking know. I believe. Right here in 2022, yes. working harder than we've ever worked in our fucking lives. Are we we're doing Monday? Pumping out the fucking is it, grunch. Is it Monday night? Yes. Yeah. Monday okay. nights. We're getting what out there. That? We're coming into. We're coming to <laughs> fucking homes. Despite whatever you Don't, say, we're not going into your. I'm homes. not getting. We're fucking getting stronger. We're getting louder. In 2022, we're coming for your fucking family. Well, that's yeah. not really good. With content. With content. <laughs> that's right. Because you have to have your family. Because that's why you created it. All right, everyone. We can't wait uh, for February, and we can't wait to be wide. Can't can't wait for our, our relationship with Sirius and Stitcher to grow and grow and grow. <laughs> bigger and bigger. And thanks for supporting all the shows here on the Last Podcast Network. Um, we have our weed line. Obviously, the Soul comic book. Soul Plumber. Soul Plumber. Plumber number four week. is out this week. Woo! Uh, it is out in stores this week. So if you don't already have it on your pull list, make sure to go to your local comic book store and read Soul Plumber number four. It has one of my favorite characters yet. Pissmaster. Yay! Woo! I was Piss there Master. during the creation he's, of Pissmaster, and I must say... It is indeed pissy. Yeah, perfect. You'll love it. Very nice. And of course, we'll see you in Texas. Yep. Can't wait. Uh, all right, everyone. Thank you all so much for listening. Hail yourselves. Hail Satan. Hail Geen. My congratulations. Tell me, old, you old woman. I'll keep you safe. Yeah, you better keep, keep them safe. safe old woman. There's not, a, I mean, they don't have that much time left. Just wait. Just wait. Just mm. wait. Time will do it. It always does. Time's the ultimate serial killer. Took Betty. Did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. 
Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave.